0: Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this
1: edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. Happy 2021! Welcome in a brand new year. No kidding,
2: 2021 already. Where did 2020 go? <laughs> I mean, what an exciting, uh, you know, productive year it was for everybody. <laughs> so we took a bit of a break there, and and uh, I've been tr- trying to get uh, some guests lined up, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I've got some good ones. All
1: right, Rachel, how you doing? I'm here <laughs> <laughs> she's here oh, is, is
2: that all is that all we can, we can expect from you that you're just here
1: i hope more than that but oh, goodness oh, uh, Dan, you've arranged you've arranged a, a a guest for us today
2: yes uh, this is a young lady that uh, i met online it's not that kind of meeting don't oh, get okay. any, don't get your uh, no, don't get your eyebrows yeah, no yeah no um, facebook actually on one of the paranormal sites uh, she seemed to have a lot of interesting uh, paranormal stories now hey we should get her on the show and and she should tell us all about it so kira are you there yes
3: yes Thank happy you. new year everyone and yeah not just fingers and toes just like we are crossing everything i'm gonna cross <laughs> my eyes at Uh-oh. this point to make sure we have a good year yes good
2: idea <laughs> so, so so kira like i said we we kind of connected a little bit on facebook on one of the paranormal sites and uh, i was intrigued. oh you know
3: it was tinder no, I was, uh, <laughs> don't,
2: don't tell my wife and uh <laughs> and you had some very interesting things to say and i was like man
3: i have dealt with this type of stuff um i will start at the beginning
2: absolutely all right
3: Yes, I may as well, and because uh, there's so much to say, but I will—I could go on for days. I really could, and it's all true stories. This is actual life events that I have dealt with, and it's involved everyone, my whole family, my my children. I will start off at the beginning. I'm an empath, psychic, and I was born and raised in Ontario, Canada. And the interesting part of it is, my parents noticed right at the point of me just before I turned two years old. My grandmother visited me in my bedroom. And she told me to tell my mom that she was really, really sorry she could not visit. She said this, and I was shocked because I remember thinking, I'm waking up from a nap, and here's my grandma in my room talking to me. And I was kind of like, Oh, she's she's visiting type thing. You know, a two year old's mind. You're just looking at this this woman, and she had the big black horn rim glasses, the white hair. She was tall. I'm really tall too. I'm like six three in heels, and she was tall. She was uh, about five ten, and she was staring down at me. And then she dissipated. She just disappeared. And I was really scared, and I went running to my mom, and I said to my mom, and I remember this. I have I have a total photographic memory. I say pornographic just to shock people, but it's photographic. <laughs> and I went down, and I told I told my mom, I said, Grandma's uh, said she's sorry, mom, and my mom. I, I still remember. I remember the smells. I can remember the kitchen was blue at the time. I remember all this. And I remember my mom looking at me kind of like something was really wrong. Like I just woke up from a nap, kind of like, shush, you don't know what you're talking about type thing. And I said, no, mom, she she can't, mommy, I said, but she can't, um, she said, can't visit. My mom said, what do you mean she can't visit? And the phone rang and my mom grabbed the phone and she started just freaking out and calling my dad and saying something about take me to my room. And then I found out um, not too long after that, that she had committed suicide. And she visited me in spirit. And that's my first actual dealing with a spirit. And it was my own grandmother. And um, anyways, I won't get too much into that, but it it carried on from that. That's actually in my baby book. My mom actually wrote down that whole event from her perspective. And it's pretty interesting, but uh, I found out years later that she had actually wrote it down. And it still sits with me. It's one of those very strong memories. After that, I dealt with, I think it was her peeking in on me. Uh, The door would open and I would feel a presence, a warm presence. So I feel it was her. Then I would deal with shadow people. And I don't know if it's because she had had an attachment from all the heck she went through with my grandfather or what happened there. But I know that a fight with them led her to commit suicide. And basically, shadow people started coming around. And I would see shadow people at the foot of my bed. I would see one with red eyes and a top hat. Um, I got pushed down the stairs, my brother got pushed down the stairs, and events would escalate. So this went on my whole entire childhood, right up until I moved out when I was 18. I dealt with these shadow people, and weird events happening. We're talking going near the top of the stairs and sensing something and feeling on unbodied hands shoving you and I would go flying down these steps. And this house was a Uh, oh my goodness I I get chills still talking about it but the house was built by my father which is why it's strange because people would say well then why would it be haunted they found arrowheads when my dad was building it it's an English tutor it's uh it's really big it's like 5,500 square feet at seven fireplaces a library the whole works it was it was built more like a museum than a home if you know what I mean very cold not inviting beautiful home but not an inviting home. And um, the land and everything else just, it seemed evil. And when my friends and I were younger, about 16 years old, we did a Ouija board thing. I know, never do Ouija board, but we did the Ouija board thing. And it said for us to leave and that the house was haunted, Uh, or sorry, the house, the land was haunted, not the house. Sorry, I said that backwards. And it was just the most eerie feeling. And my friend said, well, we should uh, leave the house then for a little bit. And it was one of those, have a, li- have a party. I never drank or anything, but it was like, have a party with your friends come over when your parents were away. They were away. My brother's out with friends. We did the Ouija board. Next thing I know, I'm in the car with my friend Kirsten. And she said, um, do you feel that? And I said, feel what? And her car stopped. Her car just stopped. It had no power, no lights, nothing. And we were stuck in the middle of nowhere between my parents' area and her home. And we, we couldn't go anywhere for a while. And then I said, if you're you're here with us, can you, can you do me a favor? Can you just let us go? And all of a sudden, everything started again. And the car started and everything was fine. And right from then, I felt like I had this weird connection where I could tell when there was um, something evil or something around um watching everyone in their entire life cannot tell me they haven't had that eerie feeling of something in a room and you know you're not alone well my point at that at that point was I'm gonna start communicating with them because I felt that need and there were times that I would be in my room doing my homework and I would feel something was in there and I'd say you're here aren't you and all of a sudden my cat would just Go berserk. And you know when cats do those funny things people would see in videos, but it's not so funny when your cat's doing it and it's looking at something that you can't see, but you can sense. So it got to a point where if it wasn't shadow people, you could just sense there was something bad in the house, in that room with you at the time. I had to get out of there. I couldn't, I could not take it. It was affecting my dad. It, you could see like this dark aura about them where it wasn't really them anymore. It got to a point where I felt like, am I schizophrenic or are they schizophrenic? Because something's going on. When I left home at 18 and moved out on my own and all that jazz, it was fine. I didn't feel it anymore. But anytime I visited, it was there. So I knew it wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? I felt like, okay, there's definitely an attachment in the house. My parents kept trying to sell the house and nobody wanted this house. One time, this is, my dad was a real estate agent, actually. It was funny because my dad was trying to sell the house and this family came in and all of a sudden the wife disappeared. And my mom said, where, where did your wife go? I can't remember the name, but where did your wife go? Uh, oh, it was Ann. And they're like, oh, she Ann went to the car. And my mom said, well, why did she go to the car? Oh, she just she just felt uncomfortable. Apparently she saw something. I don't know what she saw, but they just couldn't, they couldn't unload this house. And finally, um, in 2001, they sold it online, yeah, online, $2.3 million, this home, to a Chinese family. They came all the way from China to move in. They lasted about 10 days. They abandoned the house. That's the last I really heard is that they were, somebody was, I don't know if it was a real estate agency or somebody was trying to rent it for 6000 a month, and that I know of the house is still sitting. I have not been back that way since, but, um, my son dealt with stuff when he was really little, he said, a uh, shadow person came from under the, the, it was one of those sliding glass type, um, closets. He looked over at it and he said it just kind of like melted like a puddle and then formed in front of the bed. And it told him, and he was only four at the time, told him, don't listen to your mommy and daddy. I am God. You have to listen to me. Um, and when he started to describe it to my ex, my ex said that he said, um, what does God look like? And he said, well, what do you think he looks like, Tristan? Well, he wears a top hat and he has red eyes and he has no mouth, but he can talk. And he has gloved hands, but you can't really see the gloves, but he needs a shadow. And it was one of those, my kids saw it. My kids saw the same thing I grew up scared to death of could barely sleep I still have insomnia I've never gotten rid of that and and my my little child told told me about it and when he was 16 I brought it up and the poor guy started crying he just he just just went into hysterics and he said I don't want to talk about that ever again he remembered (laughs) so I knew I wasn't crazy my son saw it and I I saw it and my brother had seen it and my parents would go into weird denials where one day it was the ghost of the house that took it. It was the ghost in the house. I saw it. Blah. blah and, then, and then you would mention it and they'd say you're crazy. So I really think whatever it was, was extremely evil. And it would attach itself to the people that were there. And being an empath psychic, I could actually see the physical change in the people that were living with me, like my mom, my dad, my brother. I could literally see like it like it, it took over them. It was just a horrible experience. I'm glad that's behind me. It's like everywhere I've gone, I've, I've dealt with something. But that was the worst experiences of my life was living in that home.
2: See that uh, that entity that you're talking about with the, with the top hat and the red eyes. That's uh, commonly referred to as the Hat Man yes. shadow being. Yes. And you know, it's a worldwide phenomenon. And I don't know if it's a singular entity or it's a whole bunch of them. But uh, you know, it's such a it's such a bizarre thing. Um, and you know, some people describe it with a top hat or like a cowboy hat or like It was definitely you
3: know, like a top hat. Yeah, it or, was. It felt very. Mm.
2: So, and you know, I've had a little bit of a run in with one myself uh, a couple years ago and.
3: Oh, and a cape. I forgot to mention the cape. Was it right. wearing a cape?
2: No, it was more like the suit. Suit and the hat. Oh, I know so, what you're, you're or, saying. Yeah. Or it's trench coat. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, yeah, it's, it's such a common phenomenon. And obviously, it's not not a good thing. But uh, have you? when's the last time you ever had any encounters with, with this type of thing?
3: I have not had any encounters again with the shadow person, as we call it. That one in particular. I have uh, since then, though, dealt with really strange. Um, I live next to an old folks home. And sometimes they visit. And I know that sounds creepy. But it, it's it's strange. It's like, I feel, I feel like I'm a beacon.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say, you, you, you have a signal up and they, they mm-hmm. see it and they, they, and they see come the signal.
3: You. They know they can talk to me. Um, my daughter has inherited this. My son, it's kind of, it's kind of gone away. It's not the way it was. It used to be, he had the same as me dreams that came true. It's almost always within three days to a week, the dream would come true. Sometimes you have to decipher it a little bit, but yeah. I'll get back to that in a moment, but we literally had this old lady holding a flower basket, and my daughter was scared of the dark, and I was sleeping in her bed with her, and we both woke up and looked over at the bathroom door, and her window is actually next, like, like parallel to the, the old folks home in the alley there, so, like, we're parallel to it, and I looked over, and I thought I was kind of dreaming, and you're blinking, and you're looking, and then it kind of dissipates, and she started talking about it in the morning. She said, oh, I, I don't know. Was that, was that your grandma? And I said, who, who was my grandma? The lady, the nice lady with the flower basket. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, she saw it too, right? Right mm-hmm. from there. And she was maybe about four, almost four years old at the time. And I thought, okay, well, she's seeing the same thing I'm seeing. So, you know, I didn't dream it. And we saw um, another old lady that would come in and we think she's connected to this house, but I have not been able to prove it. This house, when it was built, was built on it. I live in a, over it's a century home. Whenever this house was built, originally there was a hospital shack or something like that where people from the war could come and heal and either die. It's like a hospice type idea. And then it got tore down. They built this home on top of it. The way she looked is really really weird. We think because of the outfit. We tried to look things up online. She looked like she was, like, from that era, like a nurse. That just her It's just this outfit she was wearing. And we know her name is Vera. That's all we know about her. And she comes and goes, and it's usually around April. We'll, we'll see a little bit of her, and then she disappears. But you catch glimpses, and you can kind of see out of the corner of your eye the way the bun is, the way the hair is done up. Um, very, It's just... Nurse-like, like a like a housekeeper type um, outfit. It's not quite. Uh, it's like a nurse apron. It's not like an apron apron and a dark outfit. It looks like it's kind of like a dusky blue type color. And my daughter's seen it. My son saw it when uh, he was first coming here. He was living with his father for quite some time. When he came here, he saw Vera. Um, my daughter saw Vera, and we just talked about Vera the other day. How, huh? It's almost time to start seeing Vera again. And we have this kind of theory that there's like um, a frequency and like I said a beacon it's a frequency that everybody gives off if you can shatter a glass with your voice right well I know I could if I'm mad enough but if you can shatter a glass and you can find that frequency of that then I feel like these shadow people and everything else you notice them because you tuned into their frequency and because you're in their frequency they see you and they're curious and then you're a beacon for it so your whole life you will attract these type of things and others that don't t- turn into these frequencies. they are more indoctrinated. Um, I'm like basically vegan. I only drink water. I've never been drunk. I don't even drink coffee or, or anything. I have never even had tea. I'm just one of those people. I'm just a pure water drinker. And I feel like having, and I haven't even ate meat now in over 27 years. I feel like it's one of those type of things where you're so in tune and you're not, um, you're more, it sounds like I'm being conceited or narcissistic, I'm not, but you're more pure to, to a frequency, because you're not eating meat or um, consuming certain things that will lower your frequency. So it's like you, you're more, you hum higher, and they notice you more, and then they, they are attracted to you, and you get more in tune. Because I noticed the past five years, especially since changing my diet even more, I have had these visions, and the visions just keep coming true. I wrote down, and um, Dan, I can send this to you afterwards. I have all the screenshots. On Facebook, I kept getting these visions. I'd get visions of um, floods, even in Toronto. And I wrote about it on Facebook. And this one guy got really mad and said it was absolutely insane, that that would never happen. It was exactly a week later. They had a horrible flood someone drowned in an elevator the water was like up to like people's knees down in toronto but he told me it would never happen and i was insane and when it did happen i said i told you and he (laughs) he still said i was psychotic and blocked me instead of at least giving me the credit that there is something going on and anytime i have put forth and said listen this is going to happen an earthquake is going to happen this COVID thing. I, I called that years ago. I've been talking about that. I have the screenshots it comes up in my, my memories on Facebook. You know, it says, Oh, this is your memory from 12 years ago. People are being locked down in their homes. Just like I said, what happened. And I think it's like, I got in tune to a frequency that was showing me the future. I don't know if that makes sense. If you know what I mean by that, well, but so it explains
2: that would be more of a psychic. Uh, yes, ability, it explains, right? yes. It explains.
3: Yes. It explains why I've had this psychic in tune, And why I've been able to see shadow people and ghosts more than, say, some average person that sits there and says ghosts don't exist. That's stupid. Well, Mm -hmm. what if it's that we're actually tuning in to different frequencies that are almost like showing us the past recordings? You know, they say some ghosts are just recordings. I know shadow people aren't. I think literally that's getting in tune to their frequency and they don't like it. And they let you know they don't like it by kind of um, feeding off your fears, you know. That's what it feels like with shadow people. It feels like they just want to consume children's fears and everything and it keeps them going. That's kind of like that's their fuel because it, it, it sure feels like that. I was tormented by them. And then for my son to have seen one and everything, just no. I really I really feel that anyone that's dealt with abuse and um, rough childhoods, it's like they, they come out of the woodwork because that that frequency got opened up. And I do think that's what happened because my dad was the type of person that took out the belt for any reason he could. (laughs) It didn't matter. If you dropped a French fry, you'd get a beating. Like it was one of those type of growing up situations. It was horrible. And I really feel like all my fear and being so um, an empath to animals and all that, it just it, it opens up the floodgates. For these shadow people, so any of your listeners uh, out there that have actually dealt with shadow people, ask yourself, did you have a traumatic childhood, traumatic event in your life or abuse or anything, and then notice these shadow people? I can almost guarantee that's what's, what's happening. I really think that's part of it. It's opening yeah. up these frequencies.
2: Yeah, it could be, or, it's, or you're just in tune, right? Like like Rachel and I, like Rachel's a medium and I, I see things, uh, you know, you make a good point where traumatized people or... Uh, or that negative energy just sticks with you until you can figure out a way to, to get it off you. Even if you're a good person, you still, have that, you still have that negative uh, energy clinging to you. And, and those things are attracted to it. Kira, can, I want to just back up a little bit. You said something about uh, your grandfather um, hexing your grandmother. Did yeah, I hear that this right?
3: Is, this is, yes. This is where I think it all began. If we were to go right to the very beginning, the visions and everything I've seen, it matches my was, your, great, was your grandfather into my some, great, some weird great, stuff? Gran- no, I was my. Um, there's there's two stories to explain. You're right. I kind of forgot about that. and I'm running on an hour's sleep. I really am <laughs> the type of person where you think I would be drinking caffeine, but I kind of feed off energies around me and it gives me a bit of a boost. In the winter, it's harder without the sun, but it's just how I am. Okay, to start at the beginning with my great grandmother and grandfather on my father's side. Apparently, I get the my my uh, cousin calls it the shinin, <laughs> but apparently, I get like this weird thing from probably that side of the family. my My great grandfather, what happened was he was buried alive. He oh. he went into a a diabetic a coma. This was way back when. Like all my grandparents now are, are deceased; they're all long gone. My parents are in their eighties and all that. Like I've I've lost everybody. Um, but what happened with them is. They buried him alive. Uh, apparently, he was not a nice man. I never met him to, to be able to judge. But that was the story is that he was quite cruel to people and to um, my great uh, grandmother and all that. Anyways, so she kept having nightmares. And the nightmares persisted and did not stop. And it was him clawing and, and coming after her and saying that he was still alive and how dare you and stuff like that. Like this was in a journal. So she had enough. They exhumed the grave. Sure enough, he did try to get out. So they figure he must have literally woke up as soon as the dirt hit the top of the the coffin is all they can figure out. Because there's no way he would have lasted overnight with, you know, no air and all that and the way coffins were back then. But, yeah, uh, he tried to to claw his way out, like literally oh, claw his way out.
2: That's terrible.
3: <laughs> so so they there's a rumor saying that that's what happened is that there's like a curse on that side of the family. But if uh, we go to my childhood, my dad had um, a really evil, (laughs) my dad's kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge, but he never learned his lesson. He's one of those people. Anyways, um, he'll never hear this, so that's okay. (laughs) So basically what ended up happening was um, my dad had this business partner that cursed him and was really mad because my dad changed his mind about how he wanted to do some kind of business deal. And he was so pissed off about it. And he had chickens that he, I really think he um, got a thrill out of killing things. He was a very evil man. I, I, I really disliked him. I don't like using the word hate, but if you could say you hate somebody and legitimately mean it, we're, we're really pretty much there. He would pick up my pet rabbit and choke it and say, want hot some pepper?" He was just a really disgusting, cruel man. He would kill chickens and then put the legs in the mailbox. I was like five at the time. I was little. And he would put them in the garden he would have blood everywhere chicken heads and stuff and he just got a thrill out of putting them all over the the property later on when i was older i heard my dad talking about how this guy would go his ex-business partner would go to haiti and he had like this girlfriend on the side and he was into voodoo and i thought ah that would make sense so i feel like he cursed the land and that brought out more of these shadow people and more of these problems you know what I'm saying? It's like it kind of heightened it, because it's really strange that when we we left the property and nobody lived there anymore, it's like the house the house got angrier. <laughs> it's like we weren't there to torture, and it couldn't travel to to bother us. It couldn't dream, but it's like it couldn't uh, elsewhere because I've had nothing but nightmares about this house at least a couple times a month. Like it never stopped, but I never saw the shadow people again in my home. If you know what I'm saying. But it was just, I feel like he did some voodoo and hexed my dad and hexed the property. The grass didn't grow the same. Um, my dad kept investing thousands and in getting the lawn. It was an acre and a half. He would get like a sod put in, but it never wanted to stick and grow. And it was really, really weird. It was bizarre. Yet the neighbor's lawn was beautiful. And everywhere else, all the other estates, the lawns were gorgeous. But for some reason, he couldn't do anything and he like tore a lot of stuff out and put in a water fountain like one of those big brick water fountain things to kind of cover up the fact that the the land was just like gross it just wouldn't it wouldn't keep nice green grass there we'll be right
1: back after a word from our sponsor
0: you're listening to phantom faction podcast to reach out to phantom faction see our facebook page or email us directly at phantom at com. Are you tired of stale grocery store coffee? Mm Mm-hmm. Then you need to check out Rampage Coffee. It's roasted fresh to order and delivered to your doorstep anywhere in Canada and the United States. It's delicious, and they have a high-caffeine blend called C4 that will blast you out of your morning slippers. Oh, wow. Get free shipping in Canada on their sampler bundle to try all four of their fantastic blends using the code PHANTOM. Go to rampagecoffee.com today. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. I want to go back to um, when you talked about uh, Vera.
3: Vera, that's the one that we see here about every April. It's around April, um, things hide in and pick up here. We'll hear uh, like stepping, like people walking around, but there's no reason to hear anybody walking around. Mm. Or my daughter will be at her dad's and I'll hear walking around upstairs and it's only me. Yeah, it, it gets really bizarre.
1: So do you believe that she would possibly, well, she's roaming around from the past, but you just keep replaying that?
3: It's possible. I don't feel like she, she would want to communicate. I feel like it's a recording. Something mm-hmm. must have happened between those times that was traumatic enough for her that has left like um, a frequency portal, if you will, that it, it's, it's almost like a time clock where we have christmas every year on the the 25th well it's like something opens up it's hard to explain but it's it's around that time it's literally we always say april fool's day and vera here she comes like it's just really weird Mm
0: -hmm. and
3: it's been since i moved here and i moved here uh in 2006 just before like I, i got pregnant with my daughter i was here and it's been it's literally it's clockwork
2: right and do you know the history of the property that you're on now
3: all I know is that it used to be a uh, shelter type hospice thing for people in the war way back,
1: Oh okay. way back.
3: And then they tore all that area down and then they built this house. And this is the only house that's been here for over 100 years.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a
3: three story little home, little, the typical red brick little home. And uh, the only thing that was modified in here was there was a fire back in the 50s. Nobody died. But there was a fire back in the 50s. And they closed off the fireplace and they closed. They got rid of the wood stove, uh, like one of those pipe stove things. You right. can still see where it used to be, but they closed it all off. And uh, that's about it. That's all I know. Oh, and the mayor, the first mayor of uh, my area lived here. That was the first uh, resident that lived in this home. That's all I know about it. That's all the history I can find. I never found out about any of this thing on Vera. All I know is that we know her name is Vera. That's mm. all we know. <laughs>
2: I wonder if she's more, uh, if she's an intelligent spirit or more of a residual energy. I think
3: it's residual. I do. I think it's residual. I have a ghost box and we've had some um, people, well, I call them people even though they're, they're, they're spirit, but they were people from the old folks home come through. And occasionally if we hear something really, really weird, I turn on the ghost box and it, it goes through all the white noise and we'll ask questions and we hear stuff. And um, my ex's mom died, and I knew she was going to die. And she's the first person I actually talked to on the ghost box. So I totally believe in spirit. I believe in the afterlife. I've dealt with a lot of things, like I said, and I could go on for days. I'm just trying to think of key points of interest. But with my my ex-mother-in-law, this is important because this is true, and my daughter dealt with it. She went in for a kidney operation, and um, my daughter said, "Well, Grandma promised she'll be okay," and I instantly saw the future that she she wasn't. And she's had an operations; she had gallbladder removed and other things. And there was there was no reason really to think otherwise. But I heard in my head, "No, she's not." And I sat my daughter down and I said, "Grandma should not have promised you that everything's going to be okay." And she said, "Oh no, Mom. What is it? What do you see?" Because she trusts in that because she knows she knows of my gifts because I believe she has it too and uh i said i just i don't know that that she is going to be okay with this operation something's telling me otherwise and all that and i went to a big speech with her and talked to her and said "Uh, you know let's be positive as we can i'm so sorry but and she said well you're never wrong and she got kind of mad at me anyway sure enough um she Went in for her operation, they dislodged some kind of infection in a kidney stone, and she got septic shock. And they put her on the ventilator, and they tried dialysis and everything, and she just didn't make it. Well, the day she, she passed, um, I went home. I had been at the hospital in London, Ontario, for hours and no sleep, and I was getting very, very nauseous from being around so much um, death and being in intensive care walking around and knowing people were dying it really like it it, i absorbed it really really bad it's that that empath
2: empath in you right
3: yeah and i got so sick so sick i said i I can't eat i can't do anything i feel so sick and when i went home this is gross but i threw up black and that happened when i was a kid too when i dealt with a lot of negative energy and i don't get it because i didn't eat anything black i didn't even have chocolate but it was like throwing up tar it was awful just awful I would swear it was blood, like it was awful. Anyways, and uh, I passed out for a little bit. And then in my mind's eye, just as I was starting to wake up, I, it's hard to describe, but okay, you know how there's static, like if you close your eyes really tight, you see kind of like static, it was like that. And I said in my, my head, I said, come forward, I know you're there. And then I literally saw in static form, I know it sounds a little silly, but in static form, her face formed. And she looked at me and she i could, could see her glasses, the outline of her hair, but it was in static form. Like you'd see on a TV screen, but opposite black versus the gray static. And I thought, Oh God, you're gone. And then boom, my phone went off. And um, my ex said, uh, mom's gone. She just, uh, she just died. They had taken off the ventilator and mm-hmm. they said it took forever, but she, she's gone. And um, I woke up my daughter and I told my daughter and, Of course, she cried and all that. And she was the closest to her, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, we all together as a family, the next day, were down in the basement. And in the basement was her favorite spot. She spent hours in the basement. We had all lived together at the time. And uh, we shared. uh, She had half the house. We had half the house. She always loved the basement and would look at Big Valley and stuff like that. On the internet, fan stories and all this jazz. So to test, I got the ghost box. We went downstairs, turned on the ghost box, and it went through its little cycle. and we said, "Um Linda, mom, are you here?" because we felt like she was. We felt like we could smell her perfumey soap, like, you know what I mean? You could just, just kept getting whiffs of it mm-hmm. and uh, no one sprayed it, but we could just sense it. And then uh, she said, she said yes." and she had a voice like this, it's like it's very. You could just tell she always had like a little to her voice (laughs) and um that's it no i'm not kidding that's how she talked and (laughs) it's a little silly but that's how she talked she was a big woman big woman and um she was uh probably close to 300 pounds which did not help her health anyways but you could you could hear it was her tone and she said yes and she said my daughter's name and then we said different questions one of the questions To try to trick up to see if it was her or what we were hearing, because we could hear it distinctly coming through, clear. I've ever heard anything. It wasn't like a blip, you know, like those weird, oh, like on Ghost Hunter Adventures or something where you can't understand and it's mumbo jumbo. It was clear, so clear. And she said she died, um, and we said we know. Where did you die? And she said Saint Victor's, and we're like, oh my God, it's her. And then my daughter said, Grandma, if it's you. What pawn did you use for sorry? Because they always love playing sorry. And then we heard yellow. That was it. <laughs> it was her. And it was her tone, her voice. And we said, uh, one more question we asked was um, we were talking, this was over the course of about 15 minutes of getting little blips. And then we said, uh, What was your favorite TV show, Grandma? And she said, Big Valley Lee she loved lee major she was obsessed with them and we heard lee that was it we know it was her <laughs> there was no if ands or buts and we all said kind of like a prayer we had a white candle and that was it that was huh. it never again nothing we've turned on ghost box my daughter was hoping nothing mm. absolutely nothing She's it was just on. Yep. She moved on. I had a dream that she got her wings and she was most proud of them. <laughs> she literally was showing me like, do you see this? <laughs> so I like to think that that's what it is and that the spirit just, um, reincarnates or, or just goes on to help others to learn.
2: Kira, I'm going to ask you to back up one more time because you, you know, you're a great talker, but man, you move fast <laughs> is, uh,
3: uh, when
2: you're dealing with the hat man, uh shadow person you know getting pushed down the stairs and being assaulted and and this you said it was happening to your brother as well
3: yeah it happened to my brother as well but it affected that- my brother differently okay. uh, he's not he had narcissistic traits and could be quite um he was a very abusive he actually stabbed me he was extremely abusive he, he would see things and he would come to my room and say there's uh, a goblin in the closet and I went around the whole house and he, he was a big guy, but he, he was so scared. He made me hold the flashlight and he had a flashlight and he made me go around to everywhere in the house to make sure that we didn't see this thing again before he'd even go back to bed. It was really, really weird. I'll never forget that. And then later on, I was talking to um, a native Indian friend and he said, that's a pock wedgeon. I said, what? He said, that's a pock wedgeon. The, the goblin thing. Oh, that a
2: po- brother- a yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, He said said that, uh, that explains the mischief things that would happen in the home, things going missing, um, uh, weird things like that, the animals being scared of something that was about the same level as them, seeing the goblin thing that my brother saw, and apparently my cousin saw it too, but I can't verify that because, you know, I just, I was there at the time, but, uh. I don't get along with them. They're, they're kind of jerks. But anyway, anyways, <laughs> one of those type of things. I, you know, I, I grew up uh, the ugly redhead. So that was always made fun of. And my cousins always made fun of me for it, too. So I, I don't have a, a relationship with them. Anyways, so for my brother, he literally had me go to every closet, every room, all the way to the basement before he'd go to bed. And that was the only time he had ever mentioned seeing what it looked like. That's it. Describe he described. He described. He described it kind of like a, a troll goblin, and then whenever that movie uh, critters came out in the 80s. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, when that came out in the 80s, I remember him saying, uh, getting scared and saying, "Ah, that's that's that that's it," and that's all he said, and that's all I know. Wow. So I'm I'm gonna have to say it had some some kind of resemblance, almost like the critters. The, I know that they're kind of goofy and um, you know.
2: Yeah, it's like a it's like a big it's like a big head with little legs and little arms. Well, and he huge, said teeth. I remember mouth.
3: teeth, and I remember him describing it as a goblin troll thing. So that's all I really know. And I never had a close relationship with him to be able to ever go back on that memory and ask him if he could remember to describe it. I have not talked to my brother now um, since my grandfather. My grandfather died at a hundred in two thousand. Like, uh, so that was at the funerals. The last time I saw, I saw my brother, mm-hmm. uh, we don't get along. He's just, he was always mean and abusive, like just horrible.
0: Right. Is that maybe the way that he perceived say the hat man was more as a critter rather than.
3: no. Cause my brother did say something about shadow people before. So no, definitely not. And, uh, everyone in the house, especially me would see a shadow cat, but we all thought it was the cat that died um, outside. The neighbor's cat climbed up on the hydropole, got electrocuted. And that happened when I was really young. I was about six or seven years old. And it was uh, very devastating. I remember my dad finding the body and we were all standing around. It was this orange, big tabby cat. And I think his name was actually Garfield. But anyways, they went and talked to the neighbor. They came, got the cat and buried it. But the cat was always on the property and I always, I always was petting it and, you know, it always came over to me. So I felt really sad and, and weird about it. But we would see a shadow cat in the home mm-hmm. and it would just just kind of just walk on by and there was no animal attached to it. And it didn't matter. It could be daylight and you would see a quick shadow cat, like distinctly, distinctly. Mm-hmm. Like this. there's no, oh, what was that? No, it was not a squirrel. It was a cat. It was in the actual home. Um, there was a lot of hardwood floor and a lot of quartz in the home. So I think it was also a conductor. Uh, That's one thing I wanted to mention because my parents' bedroom, the whole fireplace was made out of quartz rock. Like it was just really beautiful, really sharp and uncomfortable, but that's what it was made out of. And that's where a lot of activity happened was upstairs. So I do think it was almost like a memory conductor.
2: Kara, when we were talking uh, uh, like a long time ago, you know, uh, back in December, you said something about um, not not only your predictions, but finding missing people.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've dealt with that too. I didn't know if you wanted to deal with more yeah, of the paranormal aspects,
2: or uh, that? well, that that has a paranormal aspect to it because you're not. It at, really does. You're yeah. not, you're not physically looking for people. Can you give us a one good example of that?
3: It's pretty traumatizing, and took me a long time to try to um, overcome the visions I saw. Okay. Because with the visions. I get feelings. I can actually sometimes sense what somebody goes through or went through. Um, I've I've bumped into people at a store and got into a huge conversation with them and people that I've never met before. I just, I know things and I feel the need to give them a message. What ended up happening was uh, I had helped one girl online before and she knew I had psychic abilities. So when her community We're dealing with a missing child. He was eight years old and they couldn't find him and it was going on a year. And she said, Can you help me? And I said, Okay, I can try my best. I'll do some meditation. And if there's anything, and if he's a spirit, I should be able to connect. And what'll happen is I'll get visions and I'll let you know. And she said, Okay, well, at least try. And I said, Okay, I promise I'll try. So I did meditation. I laid there and I started getting visuals. And as soon as I get the visuals, it hits you like you're watching a movie and you're kind of replaying it in your head. You know, like if you were to go down uh, to your mailbox and you know the exact steps of where your mailbox is and you were to replay it in your head, it's kind of like that. You could kind of see each step and each, you know, your little path. It's like I'm seeing through their eyes. And what I ended up seeing was um, a very abusive mother that had the help, she was a prostitute and she had the help of one of uh, her customers as blackmail to get rid of her child's body um, she killed him he, he suffered from seizures and other problems and she couldn't handle it she was an alcoholic and she couldn't handle it she couldn't handle his child she couldn't handle his autism or anything so she lied and she told the, the police that this child was missing and just never came, came back from school And the school said, well, he never arrived at the school. Then this horrible, horrible person who's supposed to be a mother um, opened up a GoFundMe and started filtering money. And she moved. She, She moved far away. And she used that money to go on vacation and cruises while this child's missing. And this community is saying, where's this child? What happened? Anyways, so I... I saw in my head Rice Lake, and I kept seeing Rice Lake, and I wrote down Rice Lake, and then I pulled up a map, and the map on Google showed that it actually wasn't too far from this community, and I kind of just mentally pinged where they could find him, and I sent her, sorry, it chokes me up, I sent her the information, and um, it wasn't too long after she contacted me, and I still have the email, I, I I, I should delete things, but I just can't, And it said they found his remains and exactly where I said he would be. And thank you for the help. They were able to, to wrap up that case and give, give the child peace. But it was, it was, there was a lot of detail and it was really, really shocking and disgusting that a mother could ever do that to a child. I couldn't, as a mom, especially, I just, I couldn't imagine hurting your own child in such a selfish act. It's just disgusting. No,
2: but you know what? It, you know, amazing that you could bring closure to that, and you know, you know, unfortunate that you would get these images and everything. But that, I mean, some people might look look at that as a gift, and some people might look at that as a curse. But
3: it's it's both. It, yeah. It's it's both. It's both because you're giving um, as an empath. It feels it feels good and to help people and to bring them this closure. I'm dealing with another case right now and that was in the states by the way and i'm in canada so you can imagine whenever police are questioning how you knew this stuff <laughs> you, don't even have don't, a passport. No. you don't even have a passport and they're trying no. to figure out how you knew all this and
2: you probably yeah. also ended up freeing the spirit of that little boy from the lake too right he was probably quite confused and and uh, wondering what happened and you know the sad he,
3: thing is i'm pretty sure he knew what happened and well, I, I just i couldn't imagine
2: I'm sure he was, he was pretty confused as to what happened though. That that's what I was getting at. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, like I said, that's uh, I know it's an emotional thing, but it's also a good thing too. I'm just
3: hoping this, um, this, uh, this, the case I'm dealing with now, I'm hoping that they can wrap uh, things up soon and have arrests. I've given them all the information I can and it all, it all, um, it all fits. I call it fitting the pegs. I know that sounds a little strange, but you know, as a child, they would have like the little triangle and the square and the circle, and a child plays with it till they pop into the little thing and yep. they, they they fit the pegs, right? They fit the the shapes fit. Well, for me, um, if I see in my mind's eye uh, like no smoking, no no go sign, that little symbol with the little slash through it, if yep. I see that. Instantly, then I know that's not the right path. I gotta, I gotta keep working on. I don't have it.
2: Uh, so so, so something's see, working with you in the background too. And oh, I, I, I believe
3: symbols. that. I believe that. I do. I do think um, it's more than just a spirit guide. I, th- I actually believe in higher self. I believe that. Um, I,
1: everyone can have their own beliefs. It's free will, right? But Rachel, like nodding your head like self. crazy
2: over there, but not speaking up. So. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm going to speak up right now because I I wrote some stuff down while you were telling a story that I feel like now I'm going to give it to you because it totally fits everything. And hopefully this will help you out some way too. But I do want to let you know, you do have a ton of protection around you. I could kind of feel it, you know, like, so just want you to let know that. But anyways, um, I wrote down for you that uh, sometimes life gives you lemons, (laughs) but not to worry, life is a blend of both the positive and the negative. Creative with negative as well as creative with positive, which you help transform and you turn situations into one for the better, Um, moving pain to a higher ground and you're not afraid of the lemons you encounter in life. I have to stop you right there Um, because this is just too funny. All right, I
3: always have this thing with synchronicity, always, my whole life synchronicity, I know about numbers, angel numbers, all that. Now, with the synchronicity, I said to myself, I'm going to see that a lot today, I bet you. Last night, we were sitting at the dinner table and a client uh, bought those dinners where it's you pick out dinners and you just kind of make it yourself, kind of one of those like thank you type gifts. When they can't think of something to give you, they give you something like that. And one of the things my daughter, (laughs) daughter thought was hilarious was this one single lemon in the bag. And she said, what is wrong with this little lemon? And I said to her, well, you know what they say? They say, when life gives you lemons, what do you do? And she said, make lemonade. And I said, actually, no, because um, lemons are a man-made <laughs> are a man-made fruit. <laughs> so you, you just do, do what you can for yourself and help others and blah, blah, blah. And I gave her like this little speech. And I thought, I'm gonna keep hearing about this life lemons thing. And then for you to bring it up, just tells me that I'm on the right path and it, it is a connection. It I think it's a spiritual connection. It's connecting with people. And I don't think I, I don't believe in random things. I believe that everything is kind of yes, it's based on our choices, but I believe that when you're on the right choice and the right path, even if the crappiest thing happened to you last week, when you get these little signals, like the lemon thing, mm-hmm. you know, keep going. You're on the right, the right little direction.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you so thank you for
3: that no 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 i appreciate it rachel thank you
2: wait i'm okay. one of those weirdos what am i talking about
3: <laughs> say this quickly one thing i like to tell people um i don't charge for readings or anything but when people have asked or for help or anything i've always just done my best uh I've, I've helped people that send me pictures and say do you know what's wrong with me and i actually helped a woman and she had thyroid cancer And I could see it. And I told her what side. And she said, yes, she felt a bump. So when I feel Mm -hmm. someone needs my help, I I, I drop everything and try to help them. Even if it messes up my own schedule. Because it's just how I am. That's why I got so busy that last time we wanted to do this interview. I was just so hectic that whole day with everything. It was very draining.
2: Okay, anyways. You know what else I've been seeing lately is a lot of uh, people watching the skies. A lot of UFO stuff out there going on right now.
3: That's part of an agenda. Um, I part watched, of the agenda uh, is it's uh, called a, blue beam look up blue beam.
2: Blue, project, beam blue project blue beam i know all about it but i, I saw uh something on twitter yesterday and I, I should have saved it and it was a cloud in arizona that which was completely square like it, it had it had sharp edges it, it was really bizarre and i wish i'd sent it to danny and rachel
3: Yes, it does. It,
2: it, it, it wasn't that high, it wasn't that thick, but it was like huge square floating, floating in the sky, and and people are filming uh, uh, flaming balls of light. They just had one over Toronto, uh, maybe a month ago. Uh, tons of weird They're things. They're calling them just lightning the
3: balls, and that's what I consider a Mandela effect because that never happened in my lifetime.
2: No, so. but lots of cool stuff, and we love the stories, and want to thank you for being on the podcast. It took us a little bit.
3: I'm but, so uh, sorry. I ramble on so much. I get so excited talking to new people.
2: That's okay. That's okay. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on.
3: And thank you. Let's all try to manifest some good for 2021. Everybody no, deserves it.
2: No kidding. No kidding. Is there ways people can get in touch with you or through Facebook or anything? Yeah, like- on,
3: on Facebook, um, I'm Kira K-I-E-R-A-T Winters. I have a fan page there people can uh, connect with me on.
2: Oh, already, <laughs> Cool. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right, you guys take care. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Thank you. Rachel, you had something very strange happen to you during a meditation session. Not too long ago.
1: I did. Yes. yes. <laughs>
2: tell us, tell Danny, or if you haven't already told him, tell, everybody. tell
1: everybody, because
2: I've also had this same, uh, Thing happened to me as did our former co-host John and now it's happened to you so
1: oh interesting yes yes so um I well it pretty much so had like a visitor come into my meditation um this person uh walked up to me they were um they had a long beard uh he was wearing I would say it was like a a leather type, like a cloak, but it was really heavy material, like like I said, leather. Um, and uh, like he was older looking, like very solid looking, and he had the the biggest eyes, like the eyes that you just kind of suck right into. And. Um,
2: but you described it as a gray, like an alien gray. You even you even sent me a picture. Oh,
1: sorry. I've or, is had this, no, or, is, or is
2: this another one?
1: This is another one. Okay. Oh,
2: so you're holding out on us.
1: Hey, it's been a while, right? All right. <laughs> so, so I've had that.
2: So when was this one?
1: I guess that was the most recent one. And, okay. Um,
2: now, did you have any interaction with this thing, person?
1: No. Entity? No, it, it was pretty much so pretty much like as soon as I saw them, it was done again. And so I'm like, okay, I'll have to try to get, connect with this person in because there's something with that. It was. Did you
2: get any kind of vibe off him?
1: Not really. It oh. was, yeah. So Weird. that was one. And then, yeah, I had, well, uh... <laughs> I was referring to
2: the other one. I wasn't even, I didn't even know about this one.
1: Sorry. I forget what I tell you. It's been a while, oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I um, had uh, another meditation where I'm just sitting there. Um, I was just meditating and it was like, I was looking into a mirror and it was a gray looking right back at me
2: just one not three just
1: one just one yeah but it All wasn't right. like i was it wasn't f- like scary anything it was just almost like i caught him or her <laughs> it it or whatever you know like uh, just caught them out of attention and cuz as soon as like you know i'm almost like am I looking at a mirror here <laughs> you know it Do was you think like, that
2: you went into his uh dimension like so to speak or did he come into ours or just collided
1: i think it was just kind of like a maybe like a crossover or something
2: wow and it saw you though
1: yeah because it was like it was like we both looked at the mirror per se at the same time and it was like what are you doing here and then it was done wow yeah Hmm.
2: (laughs) very cool but you haven't you haven't seen it since no that's a good thing
1: yeah, but I just yes. keep making notes. I keep making notes. We'll, <laughs> like, we'll, well have, to get,
2: you, I'll have to get you hypnotized and see if you've been abducted. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on in my place, but the past two weeks, uh, like especially in this room that I'm in now, nonstop action. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing things with like robes, like uh, like gray robes on. I'm seeing like things that look like liquid, liquid creatures Shadow people, tons and tons and tons of movement. And I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, we haven't done any investigations. Like, we haven't gone anywhere or opened up to anything. And uh, just boom, past two weeks. It's been like a revolving door in here. Mm
1: -hmm. And your right shoulder through the podcast, you've had things. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: saw saw an orb just over my shoulder here. So I don't know what's going on.
1: The thing that I saw, it was almost like... Um, a rectangle and it, it like shimmered but it just kind of came in and then shimmered and then fizzled out
2: huh. weird
1: yeah something different what else yeah, I don't is know. down there I don't,
2: I don't know what's going on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but actually we're renovating our our basement so oh, maybe we're stirring something up but uh, yep. i might have to I might have to get call in the big guns again in the form of uh, michelle de roche and she'll come in here and s- swing swing her uh her Swing your sword around. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anywho, um, it's Next good week. to be back. Yeah. It's good to, It's good to be back. Uh, and, and one thing I'd like to ask our listeners, if you could give us a, a rating and a review on wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, it actually really helps because mm-hmm. it, it bumps up your rating and you move up and other people can discover us. So if anybody's out there and, you know, you got a, an extra minute or two, if you could go on to iTunes or Spotify or, (laughs) or wherever you listen and give us a thumbs up and a good rating and review. And, and that would be, that would be great, especially for, you know, into our our third year.
1: Wow.
2: Right. So uh, hit that
1: subscribe
2: button too. We don't have us. Oh yeah. I keep thinking YouTube, but this, there are subscribe buttons. Yeah. so Yeah. That'd be awesome. And we do have some very interesting guests coming up. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Rachel and Danny, I'll see you next week. All right. And until next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: (laughs)
0: Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.